the following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Without freedom of the press, no democratic form of government could exist. We switch you now to London. I'm standing on a rooftop looking out over London. Good night and good luck. Good evening from our CBS newsroom in New York. NBC presents Chet Huntley and David Brinkley. From ABC, this is World News Tonight. With Peter Jennings in London, Max Robinson in Chicago, and from our desk in Washington, Frank Reynolds. Good evening. This historic legislation, the telecommunications law, will create many, many high-wage jobs. will create opportunities and better lives for all Americans. When the press is free, the people of a country are free. When the press is not free, the people of a country are in danger of slavery. Keeping you informed with information, news, and the views of people making the news. It's the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. We're back. I'm sorry about yesterday. I I owe you guys a music show. Welcome to it. I'm Nicole Sandler here at NicoleSandler.com and, of course, on the Progressive Voices Network. And I had planned on doing a 4th of July music show. There are so many great songs, um, not only about the 4th of July, but about America, you know, especially in in this day and age. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, And I had uh, fully planned on, on doing that yesterday. I had to take Tuesday off because I had been trying to get in to see a new neurologist, as uh, regular listeners of this show know, I've been dealing with a a um, horrible uh, bout of restless leg syndrome. Now, I notice some people, some comedians think it's a joke. You remember a few years ago, there were commercials for drugs that treat restless leg syndrome, and I had an argument on the air with Bill Maher about it once, because he made jokes about it, and it's far from funny. Restless leg syndrome is torture. It is torture. Um, uh, and what it is, is it, and it's really hard to explain, but it's a sensation of creepy crawlies inside your legs that make you, if you're sitting down or lying down, make you have to get up and move around. So you can't just sit still. You can't lie down. Uh, you can't sleep. Um, and you can't even rest because you can't be lying down or sitting. You've got to be up and moving. That's the only thing that relieves the, the, the feeling, the sensation of these things in your legs. It's, it's, again, to try to explain it to someone who doesn't have it is very difficult. But just think, <clears throat> the minute you sit down, you have an, uh, just um, a, an urge Uh, an uncontrollable urge to move your legs and just swinging them back and forth and kicking them doesn't do the trick. You got to get up and stand and walk. So, um, I've been dealing with this for 20 years now and it it comes and goes. I mean, uh, it's been in some form or another bothering me for over 20 years and I don't know what, what made it, kick into gear. I, I, they don't know what the cause is. It's, it's related somehow to Parkinson's disease. It's a neurological disorder. Um, and some of the drugs that work on it are low-dose Parkinson's medication. Um, but there's no known cure for it. And uh, uh, again, I've tried everything out there. So threads on Facebook and Twitter and people giving me ideas. I've tried it all. Um, and so anyway, 
I finally got I got in to see a new neurologist on Tuesday, but the appointment was you know during the show, and um, I, I needed to deal with this. So I figure I'll take Tuesday off. I'll come in Wednesday and I'll do a music show for Fourth of July. So um, this neurologist put me back on this patch that I had been on a few years ago. Um, uh, it, it, it's a long story. I actually have some of the patches left over, and I had used. Um, some, but the the patches I had were eight milligrams. They start you on one milligram patches. Uh, And I used them for three days and it worked. I had slept. Um, But I woke up Tuesday morning, actually Tuesday in the middle of the night, feeling really sick. And I think I OD'd on the patch because I didn't start at a low dose and work my way up. Anyway, we go into the doctor. She, so she, um, we decide since since the, the patches worked for a few days, we'd start me back on the patches at a low dose. Well, the low dose that I tried on um, Tuesday night <laughs> did not do the trick, and I was up all night Tuesday night. Uh, I finally, um, uh, all, throughout the night, I kept putting on another piece and another piece and another piece of the patch till I worked my way up to the eight eight uh, milligrams that I had been on that made me sick the day before. And it's still, it was too late because because once the symptoms start, you're kind of fucked. With these, this kind of medication, the patches or the Requip or the Mirapax, the ones you've heard the commercials for, you need to take the medication before the symptoms start. Once the symptoms start, it's too late. You, 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 there's no stopping them. Um, so I was up. It was about ten thirty or eleven o'clock um, Wednesday before uh, the sensation stopped so I could lie down. Um, and, of course, I said to David, if I'm not awake by 2, wake me up. And he said, what for? I said, because I'm doing a music show at 3. He said, no, you're not. Go to sleep. Your health is more important. And he's right. So I owe you a music show. Good news is, last night I used a full 8 milligrams. Um, uh, about a half hour ago I cut it in half, so uh, hopefully you know I don't OD on the on the um, – uh, restless leg drug and I'll put a full one on again tonight and hope it works and it, it, you know it's trial and error so here I am I, I did sleep last night um, and um, um, so I'm here uh, it is Thursday Howie Klein will be here um, we've got a lot to talk about um, but but before we get into any politics there's a couple of things I need to mention one the, the very sad news that um, broke a, a couple of hours ago that Ed Schultz died um, and it is sad news. I, I'm, I feel his wife, Wendy, um, uh, was a wonderful person. The few interactions I ever had with her were very pleasant, and she was sweet and kind and really nice. And, and look, he, Ed was only 64 years old. He and I were not friendly. Um, we had a, you know, we had our disagreements over the years. Um, and um, uh, but uh, uh, I, I feel for his family and. Um, uh, he he served a, an important purpose uh, for a long time, so he will be missed. Um, I know in the last few years he's been over at RT, and I hadn't seen what he's been doing, so he's been sort of you know out of sight, out of mind. Um, so it was kind of shocking to see the news alert break. Sixty-four years old is just too young, um, and they're saying it was natural causes. So who knows what that means? I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, my best wishes to his family. Um, yesterday was the 4th of July, and, and I, 
don't take this the wrong way. I hate the 4th of July. I, I, I don't mind Independence Day. These days, it's kind of a perverse holiday because I don't know what we're celebrating right now. Um, you know, the, the protests at the Statue of Liberty, um, uh, well, you know, the woman who climbed onto Lady Liberty maybe was misguided, but her intentions were good. You know, she said she's not coming down till all the children are freed. How about send them home to their parents or to their parents, not necessarily home. But one of the things I hate about the 4th of July are the homegrown fireworks. You know, go out, watch the big city fireworks and all that. But the home uh, and maybe I'm this way because I have a dog and I have a dog who freaks out with those fireworks. And I live in a um, uh, a, a community that the homeowners association sent out uh, a notice, and you you know I live right near um, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, where the you know seventeen kids were killed not too many months ago, and so the homeowners association sent out <clears throat> an email in advance of yesterday's celebrations. And they wrote, uh, the tragic events of February 14th, 2018 at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas have left long-lasting effects on students and educators who were there that fateful day. The violence they experienced is something many families in our community are still working through. Triggers, like loud bangs from fireworks, can bring back a flood of memories from an act of violence we would all like to forget. This 4th of July, as you celebrate our nation's independence, remember to take these families into consideration. Do not utilize personal fireworks. Instead, plan on attending the city's pre-planned fireworks display. This well-managed, maintained event starts at 9 p.m. at Mullins Park. Those who suffer from PTSD or other noise-related disorders will know in advance the fireworks are on display and can prepare for the sound. And I thought, wow, what, you know, how, how great. Finally, I agree with something our homeowners association does. Um, But sure enough, the minute the sun went down, the idiots in this neighborhood started lighting off these fireworks. Uh, Plus the fact it had rained and thundered all day yesterday. I mean, loud thunder boomers everywhere. So poor Jackson was a mess all day yesterday and last night. Um, so, you know, they said you can call the cops if, if, and we did and nothing was done. And, you know, people are just inconsiderate assholes. <laughs> let's just, let's just put it that way. Um, um, I, I, I don't understand why people, and, and all I could figure is these people across the street from us every year, they have a big party and they light off a million fireworks. They do it for about an hour and a half. And they did it again last night. And I just, all I could think is they're probably Trump supporters. That's all I can think because they're inconsiderate assholes. Anyway, I hope you had a um, happy Independence Day. And um, if only um, this nation could get back to some of the values that we always thought it stood for. You know, give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I vacillate. Sometimes I think we'll get back there. We, we will. This is a temporary thing. This, is, this, is, this will end. In November, Americans will come out to the polls in huge numbers, such huge numbers that we can overcome the voter suppression and the, and the you know, voter intimidation and the right-wing tricks and um, um, 
you know, bad juju that's out there and, and overcome and get back to, you know, a, a, a civilized nation. Um, the other part of me is when I start crying. So I won't go there. Um, I just have to believe in the best. All right. You know what? Um, there's a lot to talk about today. So let's get right to what's news, shall we? We'll, we'll do it live. I read the news today. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Well, this Independence Day week, an ad is running on Fox so-called news. I think they're also running it on MSNBC, but I haven't seen it. It features Ronald Reagan. Yeah, Ronald Reagan reminding our fellow Americans that we are a nation of immigrants and stronger for it. Through this golden door has come millions of men and women. These families came here to work. Others came to America and often harrowing conditions. They didn't ask what this country could do for them, but what they could do to make this refuge the greatest home of freedom in history. They brought with them courage and the values of family, work, and freedom. Let us pledge to each other that we can make America great again. Yes, Ronald Reagan did just say make America great again. You see, Donald Trump hasn't ever, ever had an original thought go through that thick skull of his. Ever. Trump announced today that Bill Shine, Bill Shine will join the White House staff to serve as assistant to the president and deputy chief of staff for communications. Now, remember that Bill Shine was ousted at the Fox so-called news over the network's mishandling of sexual harassment cases. Angelo Carasone, as president of Media Matters, said Shine was at the helm of Fox News as a transition from being a partisan political operation to a pro-Trump propaganda arm. His biggest credential is that he somehow managed to turn Fox so-called news into something more extreme and disreputable than it was even under Roger Ailes. And to top it off, he facilitated and enabled serial sexual misconduct for years. To put it bluntly, he said, it's no surprise that the White House selected someone who has Sean Hannity's personal seal of approval and who has a professional history steeped in extremism, lies, and enabling sexual misconduct. America, don't you just love it? A big story broke very quietly on Tuesday. It was the day before the 4th of July. You know, it's, it's the ultimate news dump uh, the night before a big holiday, so few people would notice. But the Senate Intelligence Committee released a summary of its 16-month investigation of Russian election meddling and found that, go figure, Russia did indeed interfere in the 2016 presidential election. CNN has more. The Senate Intelligence Committee has just released a summary of its 16-month investigation of Russian election meddling, and it backs the assessment of the U.S. intelligence community, which found that Russia did interfere in the 2016 presidential race. CNN Justice correspondent Evan Perez is here with more. Evan, the Republican chairman of that committee, backs these findings. That's right, Jim. This is a bipartisan finding that they've made. And the big news here is that the Senate Intelligence Committee is saying that they believe that the intelligence community was right, that they were that their judgment was sound when they said that uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russians were trying to help President Donald Trump win the election and they were trying to hurt Hillary Clinton uh, in the 2016 election. Now, this shouldn't be that surprising. Nope. This is not this should not be huge news, but nope. it is simply because of what we've been dealing with over the last year and a half 
with uh, Republicans uh, on the House and other parts of, uh, of uh, here in Washington who have been trying to undermine those findings of the intelligence community. I'll read a part of what the report says that they've released today in the Senate. It says, since the publication of the, the intelligence community assessment, uh, further details have come to light that bolster this assessment. And it also says that analysts were under no politically motivated pressure to reach any conclusions. So uh, this finding, again, a bipartisan finding from the Senate Intelligence Committee is going to undermine the argument that you've been hearing from the White House, from the president, and some of his allies on Capitol Hill that really what the intelligence community was doing was uh, politically motivated, that it was uh, not as sound a judgment as, as they've made it out to be. All right. Well, North Korea is cheating. I know you're shocked. But uh, yeah. and, and Trump uh, had the gall to tweet, quote, if not for me, we would now be at war with North Korea. What an asshole. Now, I could go off on him, but it's more fun to hear Shepard Smith from Fox do it. What the world wants is for North Korea to abandon its nuclear program. What North Korea appears to be doing is expanding its nuclear program. Yet President Trump says talks with the Hermit Kingdom are going well. <laughs> the White House says Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is headed to North Korea on Thursday. He's this on trip his way. comes after our corporate cousins at the Wall Street Journal reported North Korea is expanding a facility that builds ballistic missiles. And the analysts say those missiles are capable of striking U.S. military bases in Asia with a nuclear weapon. The president tweeted this morning, many good conversations with North Korea. It is going well. In the meantime, no rocket launches or nuclear testing in eight months. All of Asia is thrilled. Only the opposition party, which includes the fake news, Ugh. is complaining. Help if us. not for me, we oh, would now man. be at war with North Korea. Unbelievable. At last month's summit in Singapore, the North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un promised to work toward complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula without giving any specifics on how or when such a thing might happen. It is virtually the exact same promise that North Korea has made and broken for decades. I don't understand who they think they're kidding here. I mean, first, well, first we had maximum sanctions and the world together. No North mm -hmm. Korea, no North Korea, no North Korea. Then we got together, took some pictures, said some words. Now the expansion continues. Things seem to be worse. And yet the, the threats of sanctions and all the rest just went away. Yeah. So Mike Pompeo is on his way to North Korea for more talks to, quote, dump We'll see what happens. It was hard to miss the video of the D.C. area school teacher who approached Scott Pruitt at a restaurant the other day and told him to resign in a very civil matter, I, uh, manner, I might add. Pruitt finds himself in even more hot water this week, yet Dump keeps him on as um, uh, EPA administrator. Here's this from CNN. Embattled EPA Secretary Scott Pruitt, who is currently facing 14 federal investigations, directly appealed to President Trump this spring to fire Attorney General Jeff Sessions and let him lead the Department of Justice instead. The proposal coming at a time when the president's frustration with Sessions over his recusal from the Russia investigation was at an all-time high. Sources telling CNN that Pruitt proposed making him the acting head of the DOJ for 210 days under the Vacancies Reform Act. His plan after that? Return to Oklahoma and run for office. The president's aides quickly shooting down the idea as his ethics scandals were piling up. This amid new allegations about Pruitt's behavior. A CNN report revealing Pruitt and his aides kept secret calendars and schedules to hide contentious meetings. 
an aide testifying before the House Oversight Committee that Pruitt asked her to find his wife a job with a salary paying over $200,000 at the Republican <laughs> Governors Association. Unreal. And a Washington Post report that Pruitt asked assistance to put his hotel reservations on personal credit cards. Uh, uh, unbelievable. It gets better. Yeah. Uh, Trump says, um, uh, oh, a uh, new story. Trump says he'll announce his pick to replace uh, retiring Justice Anthony Kennedy on the Supreme Court on Monday. Uh, I don't know if you if you missed this. Uh, well, I'm going to play it for you now. John Oliver explains just how bad this is. The Democrats are now desperately trying to game out arguments that would let them obstruct or delay Trump's nomination. They've appealed to Mitch McConnell's sense of fairness and consistency by pointing out that he refused to confirm Merrick Garland before a major election. The problem there is that McConnell couldn't give a flying fuck about fairness or consistency, meaning some Democrats have now been forced to move on to Plan B. The President of the United States right now is a subject of an ongoing criminal investigation, an investigation that every member of this committee knows could end up before the Supreme Court. I do not believe that this committee should or can in good conscience consider a nominee put forward by this president until that investigation is concluded. You go, Cory okay, Booker. So merits of that argument aside, there is a fundamental problem there, and that is that Republicans have 51 seats in the Senate, and they need 51 votes to confirm the new justice. So unless Democrats can convince their entire party to oppose the nomination and put a number of Republicans over to their side, they are shit out of luck, meaning it's time for Democrats' favorite game, Hope, Susan, Collins, Flips, and be disappointed when she doesn't! It's America's most depressing game show. And look, the consequences here will almost certainly be extremely grim. Just watch CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin seemingly visit every single show on CNN to do whatever the exact opposite of sugarcoating is. Roe v. Wade is doomed. It is gone because Donald Trump won the election. Abortion will be illegal in quite a significant part of the United States soon. All this fantasy talk about, oh, I don't know if Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. Yeah, of course it's going to be overturned. Roe v. Wade is going to disappear. It arrived in 1973, and it will die shortly. Jeff, I heard you say earlier that mm. within 18 months um, that uh, abortion could be illegal in as many as 20 states. No, I said abortion will be illegal in as many as 20 states because We're Roe so v. Fucked. Wade is dead today. I, I'm happy to say here that there is actually some good news, because it turns out there is a constitutional loophole that allows Democrats to... I'm obviously lying here. There is no oh. good news. Everything is terrible now. And look, barring some massive screw-up uh, for Trump, the only thing anyone can really do now is vote. And there are, there are actually two key elections you should really try and vote in. One in 2016 and one in 2014, because that is what got us into this mess. So I want you to go and find a medium-sized cardboard box right now. Take a pen and write time machine on the side of it. Not because it'll take you backwards in time. It won't. It's a cardboard box. But what I want you to do is scream into it. Just empty all the anger and frustration that you're feeling right now into that box. And when you're done, tape it up, go out, vote, knock on doors, and take that box with you. And if you ever come across someone who's thinking of sitting out an election, because neither of the candidates quite do it for them, and there's not much difference between them anyway, open that box into their fucking face and let yourself from this week scream some sense into them. Uh, the applause didn't go on long enough.
Um, uh, thank you, John Oliver. Someone in the chat room is, is dissing on John Oliver because uh, a segment he did on Venezuela. Look, you know, no one's going to be on it 100% of the time. I'm sure you don't agree with me 100% of the time. I hope uh, John Oliver is worth it. Anyway, I want to share with you um, a, a post I saw on Facebook a little while ago. It has to do with uh, Trump's now former personal attorney and fixer Michael Cohen. You know, he sat for an off-camera interview with George Stephanopoulos the other day. Now, pundits disagree over whether it was done to rehabilitate his image or send dump a message. Um, either way, uh, uh, well, let, let me let me play for you a little bit of what uh, George Stephanopoulos said about it. One of the big questions I asked him is, what will you do if prosecutors come to you and offer you leniency in return for information on President Trump? Now, he said he wanted to respect the process, didn't get into specifics, but he added this and he added this with emphasis. My wife, my daughter, and my son have my first loyalty and always will. I put family and country first. Nothing there about loyalty to President Trump. In fact, he didn't praise President Trump at all during that 45-minute interview. I followed up with him again. I said, but wait a second, Michael, you're facing the real prospect of having to choose between protecting your family and protecting President Trump. He says again, family is my first priority. Now, we should say here again, Michael Cohen has not been charged with anything, yet he has not faced any charges, but he has hired a new attorney. And he did say that he would be, uh, once he understands what charges might be filed against me, if any at all, I will defer to my counsel, Guy Petrillo, for guidance on future response. Now, this is important as well. Up until now, Michael Cohen has had different attorneys, and these are attorneys who've been part of a joint agreement with President Trump's attorneys. Once Guy Petrillo comes on board, that's expected to be at the end of this week, that joint agreement with President Trump's attorneys is going to end. That is a significant move. I did not give up this central question, though. Went back at Cohen a third time and said, wait a second, Michael. I've heard you say in the past you take a bullet for President Trump. I said, I've heard you say you'll always be loyal. You'll do anything to protect him. All he said in response, and he said this with emphasis, to be crystal clear, my wife, my daughter, and my son, and this country, this country, mm. have my first loyalty. That is a very, very different message right. from what we've seen from Michael Cohen uh, in the past. All right, so that's George Stephanopoulos talking about this interview he did with Michael Cohen. Well, last night I'm on Facebook, and I come across a post by David Bayerwald, who, if you're not familiar, he's, a, he's an amazing musician. You might remember the band David and David. They had a they had a, a middling hit back in uh, probably the early 90s called Welcome to the Boomtown. Um, welcome. Oh, I'm not going to sing. You don't want me to sing. Welcome to the Boomtown. Look it up. You'll, you'll recognize it. Anyway, David Bearwald also played on Charles Crow's Tuesday Night Music Club. He's, he's been everywhere. He's, he's, he's great. And he's very active on Facebook. So last night, he, or I read this last night, he posted only in New York. Last night, walking up 58th Street with my friend Hillary. Hillary says, hey, look, there's Michael Cohen. Sure enough, there he is, looking relaxed in a loose collarless shirt with, I think, his mother, another woman in her 40s, and a tall, bald man in spectacles. We exchanged eye contact but didn't exchange words. A couple of hours later, we're walking down Park Avenue, and there he is again. So Hillary and I say, well, once is peculiar, but twice is destiny. Then this happened. Me. I beg your pardon, sir. He turns to look at me a little nervous. Me. I never do this kind of thing, but we keep on running into each other, and this feels like destiny. It must be strange for you finding yourself suddenly so central to our national debate. Cohen, you got that right. 
me. It must feel like you're in the spin cycle of an industrial washing machine, he concurred. Me. Well, I just want to say that the hopes and prayers of America are with you. We hope you'll do the right thing. Cohen, the truth will set me free. Me. That's exactly right. The truth will set you free eventually. Cohen, the Zen Buddhists say there are three things in the world, the trees, the sun, and the truth. Me. That is so true. Ultimately, all we have is the truth, and it will set us free. Cohen, the truth will set us free. Me. The hopes and prayers of America are with you. I'm sure you will do the right thing. Cohen, I will. Me. It's an amazing opportunity to help liberate us from this national debacle. Cohen, the more you run away from the truth, the more people call you a liar. Me. The more you, the more you run away from the truth, the more you are a liar. Cohen, touche. Me. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening and good luck to you. Cohen, thank you. You too. It was a very friendly encounter. Hillary and I got a coffee after that. Me. He's going to flip on Trump sooner rather than later. Hillary, I can't believe you just did that. P.S. The woman who I think was his mother agreed with me. So, um, look, another civil uh, uh, conversation and um, uh, between a, a citizen and one of the people involved in this Trump debacle. Um, and um, I hope this is uh, a harbinger of things to come. And by harbinger, I mean, you know, good indication of things to come. I hope he does the right thing. I so hope. Because if not, we are so fucked. <laughs> we are so screwed. <laughs> All right. It is Thursday. Howie Klein is, uh, is here. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with Howie next. Don't go away. I'm Nicole Sandler at NicoleSandler.com and on the Progressive Voices Network. These are the sounds of crushed souls. The sounds of despair from former radio personalities languishing in the purgatory of corporate consolidation. These former radio personalities have lost their livelihoods, not because they weren't entertaining or informative, but because they don't meet today's corporate terrestrial broadcast standards of being smelly, overweight douchebags, seething with vein-popping hatred. These radio refugees and their audiences have since migrated to the Internet, but their struggle continues as the quest for monetization ensues. Nicole Sandler is leading the way to reestablishing thought-provoking and entertaining radio. And you can help by clicking the donate button on NicoleSandler.com. Donate today, or as much and as often as you can. Dry the tears of listeners by removing the rotting stench of corporate radio. Won't you help? Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and French fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth orange juice. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies. 
tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint, but at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on The Nicole Sandler Show. Not only of DownWithTyranny.com, but of course also of the Blue America Pack, who helps find the best progressive candidates uh, and uh, helps raise money for them and get them out there and encourage them to run and, you know, all the things we need someone like Howie Klein doing. Hello, Howie Klein. Hi, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. How are you? Uh, as you can hear, my other my other phone is going like mad, but I'm walking away from it. Okay, uh, I hope you had a happy fourth. Uh, when was that? Yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Uh, I, I I have a vague recollection of happy yesterday. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, you know, before we move on, I got I I have a new um, a, another alternate open for your segment that our our wonderful production person Boca Brittany Summers put together that that you might enjoy in in, in the wake of the recent discussion about civility. You know, um, I, I just I just read a um, you know David Bearwall, don't you? Uh, name is very familiar. David and David, welcome to the Boomtown. Um, oh yes, artist. Of well, he he posted something on Facebook about a chance encounter with Michael Cohen in New York City, um, and uh, he ran into him twice in one night. And the second time, he finally uh, started talking to him and basically asked him to do the right thing. And basically, Cohen said he would. Um, so it, you know, on all the talk we've had recently about um, civility with people going up to you know kicking Sarah Sanders out of a restaurant and and uh, you know uh, uh, things like that, um, uh, Boca Brit put together this alternate open for your segment. So here, well, let me just play it so you can you can have a listen. Okay. Chuck Schumer stars in two of the biggest blockbuster films of the year as Marshall Matt Dillon in the first feature screen debut of Gunsmoke. Marshall, I'm going to kill you. We all have to remember to treat our fellow Americans, all of our fellow Americans, with the kind of civility and respect we expect will be afforded to us. Yes, it's Chuck Schumer taking on the role of Captain Kirk in The Wrath of Khan, Part 55. I shall leave you as you left me, marooned for all eternity in the center of a dead planet, buried alive. I strongly disagree with those who advocate harassing folks if they don't agree with you. Coming to theater soon. But first, it's Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com, starring Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. I I still like Chucky Schmucky better, but there you go. I was going to say, what if we use that one uh, every third week or something? (laughs) Okay, we can do that. (laughs) I do do like it. Uh, It's a little long, isn't it? Uh, It's actually shorter than the other one. No, really? you know what? It, you're right. It's a little so longer. It. It's it's eight it's eight eight seconds longer. I, I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, maybe it would take getting used to. I'm not sure. Uh-uh. Uh, but I don't think we should throw it away. I think we should use both of them. Okay. But maybe the other one more often. Of course. Or why don't you ask your uh, the people who are in this um, the chat room to uh, you know to chime in on this? 
Okay. Well, they can. Well, they're always looking forward to the Dirty Debbies every Thursday. So, you know, they get ready for it, you know, and the, and the free, sweet, and low. Right. So. And that whole, yes, when he, when he talks about uh, other restaurants give you a mint, <laughs> it's like, back me up every single week. I know. That, that's a classic. We, 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 we keep Chucky Schmucky. We'll, we'll use this every once in a while. Um, speaking yes, of, yes, speaking of, of Chucky Schmucky, um, uh, we've talked about uh, Kirsten Cinema before, his hand-picked candidate for Arizona Senate, who I understand is like head and far and away beating all of the, her Republican opponents in the polls. Um, that's what the polls say, yes. That's what the polls say. And she came out uh, and said, I, I guess just, um, you know, unprompted that she will not vote for Chuck Schumer for uh, for uh, for for a Democratic leader in the Senate if, if she's elected. <laughs> now, the thing that's weird about this is like it's it's very popular for members of the House to say that about Pelosi. Right. The reason is that the Republicans have beaten up on her for so many years that Pelosi has a very, very low approval rating. Among Republicans, she's hated, mm-hmm. but among independents, it's bled over a little bit. The Democrats are fine with her; they have no, they don't really have a big problem. But independents, who are so important in this election, have a negative view of her too. Now, the the thing is interesting. The most unpopular leader is um, is Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. He he heads above all. He's less much less po- much less popular. Much, much less liked, much less respected than Nancy Pelosi. So he's number one. Nancy Pelosi's number two. Paul Ryan is about tied with Nancy, but he's leaving. So mm-hmm. those three are all very unpopular. Chuck Schumer, don't ask me, but yes, he's actually relatively popular. He's huh. not hated wow. the way the others are. So it, it doesn't make sense for Kirsten, Kirsten Cinema. To go and say that. I mean, she's starting something that doesn't need to be started. Now, it is possible that Chuck Schumer told her to do it. I mean, that's always possible. I doubt it. I mean, knowing him, and as you know, I went to the same high school as him. Mm-hmm. No, at the same time, knowing him, I can't imagine that he would do that. I mean, he's just got a huge ego and probably doesn't, doesn't want to have kind of a negative thing where all of a sudden you're going to have uh, like a question of every Democrat running for the Senate, will you or will you not vote for Chuck Schumer like Nancy Pelosi gets? He, he doesn't have an ego that can take that easily. Uh, and, and I also know Kirsten Sinema, who is a psychotic and who would probably, uh, you know, come up with something like that, thinking it's going to somehow be good for her. And she certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't think of what's good for anybody else or the party or anybody. Uh, and what, by the way, when I say that I know her, uh, I think I, I might have told you this before, but I was on a board with her. So I got to know her at meetings. And, you know, I think the first time, and this is before she was a, a congressperson, by uh-huh. the way. She, so she was not in the House at this time. Um, and I, I sat next to her once or twice. Oh, not twice. I sat next to her once. I started realizing that she's insane, that she was like one of these crazy people. And then I stopped sitting near her because I thought she could pull out a knife and, and stab me. <laughs> and then... Eventually, I realized I couldn't be in her sight line. I had to find a place to sit at this big giant table, you know, that is like 30 people that she wouldn't normally see in case she didn't pull out a knife but pulled out a gun and started shooting everybody. I would have time to jump under the table. I mean, that's how crazy I thought this woman was. And remember, 
She wasn't in Congress at the time. Right. She didn't have a voting record that I could see how horrible it was. I just sensed complete insanity. And then she got into Congress, mm-hmm. uh, and there she. And now she has literally the single worst voting record of any Democrat in Congress. Which brings me to something else that I wanted to talk with you about today. Yes. Although I know we touched on it a little bit last week, mm-hmm. but I put it in writing today. Yep. That it's too important now uh, to to just to to rein in Trump than to let any other thing possibly stand in your way. Probably even. Kirsten Sinema, thank goodness I, do, I don't have to make that decision myself. But I think you, if you have an awful candidate, an awful Democrat, running against a Republican in your district, you just have to hold your nose. I mean, you, you don't have to do anything. You do whatever you want. Right. Um, uh, my opinion is you have to hold your nose and bite the bullet <laughs> and just vote for the crappy Democrat. You know, obviously, there are also very good Democrats that you might feel really great about. Right. Now, or, and there are middle, you know, kind of schlumpy Democrats that are neither good nor necessarily terrible. You know, in my own case, I have, um, from the first time he was elected, I vote, the very first time he ran, I did vote for uh, uh, Adam Schiff, my congressman. Mm-hmm. And he, I had a lot, of, a lot of talks with him before I did, and he assured me he was going to go into Congress and be this progressive and you know, he had a lot of good things to say. So I kind of overlooked his not-so-great record in the, uh, in the state Senate, and which wasn't terrible. It just wasn't, wasn't good. But, you know, it was, it was okay. But he told me he was going to be great in, in the House and, you know, to support him, and I did. I, I gave him quite a bit of money. I, I, at those days, there wasn't like a – you didn't have an Internet to raise money with, and I went to people that I knew, and I raised over $100,000 wow. for him. I mean, I committed to the guy, and I voted for him, and that was the last time I voted for him. Uh, there have been lots and lots of uh, reelections, and I've never voted for him again because I think he's terrible. That said, I have every intention of voting for him again uh, in November. Even though he doesn't need my vote, I don't even know mm. if he has an opponent. Uh, but I just feel it is all of our duty to do whatever we can to get rid of Trump. I am coming off my high horse and saying I'm not going to vote for the lesser of two evils anymore. You know what? I am going to vote for the lesser of two evils uh, in, in this case because this is such an extraordinary case. And it's such a danger to our country and to our Constitution yeah. and to everything that we stand for and everyone that I know and everyone that I love that we just have to, like, do something to, to rein in Trump. And will the Democrats do it effectively? Probably not. They don't do anything effectively. But at least, it's, it, at least we have a chance. At least we have a chance. And it, with, without the Democrats taking back the House and the Senate this time, we are cooked. I, I agree. I, well, and I've been saying this for a long time, and I'm glad to see you come around. And I understood where you were coming from before. Um, the lesser of two evils is no way that anyone should, you know, go cast a vote. But the this is not the, the these are not normal times. Exactly. I love the in, in the in the post you have up at downwithtyranny.com, nose holding time approacheth. You have a um, a bumper sticker here. I thought it was a mock up. It's Democrats 2018. I mean, have you seen the other guys? Um, you said the DCCC actually came up with this. Well, yes, they they uh, they came up with five or six. I used to have all of them, but I don't. I, I just kept this one. The, uh, they, they had five or six entries to a contest. 
that oh. these were the finalists. Oh. And they, they, and you know, whoever was going to win was going to get, you know, a chance to I don't know, meet uh, Steve Israel or something. <laughs> and and the idea was that they, they were, in, you know, they, they got people to send in their ideas for a bumper sticker. Oh, and, then, and then there were five finalists or four finalists. And this was one of them. Wow. That, you know, yes, we're terrible, but wow, the other guy is much worse. <laughs> And the idea that they could actually seriously think that that's a good idea, it was just like, whoa. I mean, it's really true. Yes. But, I mean, they thought that that was good enough to be a finalist? Oh, my just God. Just shocking to me. Oh, my God. And, and I don't think they even realize why that is so horrifying. You know, the, the thing is, this is a good time for people to um, uh, go to their local Democratic clubs and get involved in the party. Because it, once, uh, hopefully, the Democrats take back both houses of Congress, then we need to change the Democratic Party because we're not saying that the Democratic Party is OK. They've fucked up on so many levels. Um, the, the fact that we're in this position right now uh, is... is is unbelievable. Uh, we shouldn't be. And if Obama had uh, done his job well, we wouldn't have lost so many seats while he was president. It, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be in this mess. Yeah. Well, you're right. Uh, you know, doing things like uh, you know, seeing Steve Israel take a position of importance, Debbie Wasserman Schultz take a position of importance. He gave it to her. But but you know, I, I wanted to tie this in with with another. A uh, story that I was okay. working on that that'll be coming out at one o'clock this afternoon, my time, like uh, four o'clock your time, uh-huh. I think. Uh, and 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 I wrote the story, and suddenly there was a change. So I put the change in as, as the uh, the uh, update in, at the end of the story. So the story has been brewing for a few months now, and not everyone knows about it, but I'm just going to tell you. Okay. Uh, so Rhode Island is a very, very blue state. I mean, really blue. One of the bluest states in the country. Hmm. And they always vote. I mean, every member of of, uh, of the state, uh, you know, the state elected officials, every one of them is a Democrat. There's not one Republican. The uh, the state Senate and the state House are overwhelmingly Democratic. I mean, it's like ridiculous. Uh, you know, there's a tiny little sliver of Republicans, but meaningless. I mean, you know, they, no one has to pay any attention to them at all. Uh, so it's a really, really blue state. However, it's not the, – the voters are very progressive. I mean, Bernie won, uh, Bernie won against Hillary by a landslide in the – well, I shouldn't say a landslide, but about 10 points in the, uh, in the primary. But Howie, so the voters, Howie, Howie, let uh, me interrupt you for just one second. There's breaking sorry. news. I don't have a breaking news sounder, but from the chat room, Scott Pruitt has resigned. Oh, right. Well, that is excellent. Yes, I, I thought uh, it was and worth – it was inevitable. Yes, uh, well, and, or uh, that he'd be I would fired. rather see him in jail than just walk you him and, off. You and, and me I'm, both. I, I hope that'll happen. I know yep. there are about a dozen investigations of him going on. Right. Uh, more than that, 15, I believe. But, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was good news, good enough to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Back to, back to your and story. I'm happy to hear it. Yes, me but, too. Uh, what, and what I was saying is that the, uh, the people of Rhode Island are, are quite progressive. Okay. Uh, the, the party... Establishment, however, is very much like the DCCC. Mm. They're they're corrupt. They're conservative. They're um, you know it's a bunch of old white men who think that they ha- are entitled to run the whole show. Mm-hmm. And w- what they did recently, there there were I think it was three or four um, young women who are in the state legislature. So I mean, we're not talking about candidates. We're talking about incumbents. They're in the state legislature, and they're young women who dare oppose the leader. 
the the speaker of of the uh, of the house there, and they dare like you know bring bring up these all these progressive ideas that the the, the establishment doesn't like. So you know the so they've been in office. These women have been in office for a while, and they're driving the uh, they're driving the conservatives in the Democratic Party insane. So what do you think that the conservatives in the Democratic Party do? They go out and recruit a bunch of very very conservative white men to run against these women, Amazing. and then they endorse them. What, I just want to talk about one of them. One, one of the people that they endorsed. I looked it up. He's all over all over social media as a he's a Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he just he just switched parties, and now mm-hmm. he, he claims to be a Democrat. All over social media, pictures and uh, YouTube's, and uh, you know his idiotic comments. A complete pro-Trump guy. And he says he was only. This is not that this isn't bad enough. He says he was only in favor of Trump because of Trump's great economic ideas. But it turns out when you when you start reading his social media, it wasn't just because of Trump's uh, economic ideas. This guy is a first-class neo-Nazi racist jerk. Oh my God! And he's on he's on social media all of last year, carrying on about how great the great leader is. Oh my and God! And now the Democratic establishment decides they want to get rid of these women, and they find they find these kooks to to run against them, and and then endorse them. So that was that was the story and that fits in with what i was telling you that you know uh you know that you they, <laughs> it's the opposite of what i was telling you about hold your nose how are you gonna hold your nose for this no so these people are most unfortunately that they're not running for congress but this morning the pressure has been so great on the on the democratic party in rhode island the the progressives in the state and also progressives from outside of the state have put so much pressure on that the uh, the old men that run the party said, okay, we surrendered, <laughs> and they really? raised the white and they withdrew their endorsement of at least two of them. Wow. That Nazi I was just talking about, and at least one other. You know, that's so, so funny that you bring this up, because I have this article that I flagged. I've got it open on my desktop here. It's from ABC News, um, and the headline reads, Rhode Island liberals blast Dems for backing Trump's supporter. And it's about this their decision to endorse this guy, Michael Earnhardt. Is that his name? Yep. He was the worst of the lot. Uh-huh. But you got to remember, there were four of them. Oh and, and the story is more than just Michael Earnhardt. I mean, Michael Earnhardt is a good example of the story, and I used it. But the, the real story is four yappy women. That's what these guys didn't like. That who are these young, young, wow. first of all, they didn't like that. Women, they didn't like that. Progressives, they didn't like that. You know, it, it's talking out of turn. You know, that, that's how these guys see it. That who are they? Well, they, you know who they are? They're state legislators just like these old guys mm-hmm. are. That's who they are. But instead, to them, what they were looking at wasn't a fellow state legislator. What they were looking at is loud women, young, talking out of turn. That's what they saw. Wow. And that's what the real story is there. Of course, the Earnhardt thing is, is, is hilarious. I mean, I don't know if you see a pic. Do they show a picture of him? No, they show a picture of one of the women, uh, Moira Walsh. Who's a... Who Blue America endorsed, by the way. Oh, great. So anybody who wants to, uh, uh, to, to uh, contribute to her campaign, she's on our state legislative page. She's great. I mean, Moira is fantastic, and we collect money for her. Great. Uh, but the guy who's running against her, this guy Earnhardt, he looks like a circus clown. Literally, he wouldn't have to put on any makeup. You, put, you just put him in a circus, and people will start laughing and applauding. Amazing.
Amazing. Why do they do this? Is it just because they're old white guys who, uh, you know, are so misogynistic? They're they're entitled to have power. And it's part of an inbuilt patriarchal idea that if you're old and white and male, that you run the world. And it goes all through our society and and every aspect. And it's not only in politics, it's everywhere. And, uh, you know, we haven't put in enough time and energy to, to destroy it. Um, there's another story that just came that just came out today. Something I've been writing about a little bit. I, I, we may have talked about it before. I'm not sure. Uh, the state senate in California passed a uh, um, a bill to, to, about uh, net neutrality. So they passed a good net neutrality bill, and all of a sudden, just like when the state senate here passed a, uh, a Medicare for all bill, a single payer bill. Mm-hmm. The House destroyed the assembly. So the lower house wrecked it. And the same thing just happened with the net neutrality bill. The lower house wrecked it. So several, uh, several bloggers have been, you know, pounding on the guy uh, who did it, who's in, you know, he's in like a, you know, 99% Democratic district. He doesn't have to worry about Republicans. And he thought he could get away with it. And he's taking immense amounts of money from interested parties. So, you know, hey, so he got called on it, and all of a sudden this morning, I just got word from his, uh, one of his communications people, so I don't even know if this has broken the, in the news yet in California, but he, he's, he's withdrawn his, uh, he, you know, he's sw- he flipped his decision. Now, the reason this is important is because this guy isn't just some random guy. He's the chairman of the, uh, uh, of, the com- of the communications committee that has jurisdiction over this issue. So his op- opposition was able to uh, kill the bill, and now he's, he's withdrawn that. I mean, his opponent uh, was running uh, uh, his campaign. I mean, just running a campaign against him, and, and as soon as this happened with net neutrality, he, the guy, the opponent just changed his whole campaign, and his whole campaign has, has become – a campaign about uh, net neutrality, which is kind of funny, and which helped help to make this guy uh, switches, uh, sw- switch sides. So now it looks like we will have um, a net neutrality bill in California uh, to land on the desk of the governor and presumably be signed uh, if Jerry Brown doesn't do it. I'm sure Gavin Newsom will. But the, but the point that I'm making is this is your Democratic Party. Yeah. This is what you and we've got it. We've got to fight against it. So what you were just saying about people going in and participating in the Democratic mm-hmm. Party, that is so important yeah. because the, our legislators don't understand. They think that they're the Democratic Party. Literally, Nancy Pelosi th- says things now. She's not as sharp as she used to be. And she speaks her mind without thinking sometimes and says things that make make it sound like she and her cronies are the Democratic Party. If you're not a, a, a rich donor or someone in Congress, or a lobbyist, or someone who works in that world, someone in that tiny little world. If you're not in that world, you're not the Democratic Party. We are. They think they're the Democratic Party. And people, regular people who could go in and volunteer and knock on doors and be part of the local uh, Democratic Party, they're not the Democratic Party. Right. In, in, in the world of these people inside the Beltway and inside the state capitals, they think they're it. They don't understand about grassroots. They detest grassroots, as a matter of fact. They see the grassroots as, instead of as inspiration, they see the grassroots as interfering. Hmm. 
And that's the real problem. That's That's why it's so important what you just said about going in and and getting involved with your local Democratic Party. I know a lot of people would rather sit and watch – watch tv right and but, but it's it's that important and if you go to a I've i've spoken at a number of these clubs you know they invite me to come in and speak and and it's generally you know a little old people we could go in there uh we should go in there and take over and and really and, and get involved and you go you go to your city's um club meeting and then you go to the county club meeting and then you go to the state club meetings and you get involved and you take it over from the inside because that's the only way we're going to change things I agree, and, and it does happen sometimes. I mean, it has certainly happened uh, in California in, in, in a number of places, and mm-hmm. it, it's helped to make California uh, more progressive than it would be otherwise, that's for sure, uh, especially in the places where the takeover has happened. And it has. There are clubs that are completely run by progressives now, and they have a role, and they can put the pressure on from inside, and they do, and it makes a difference. Yep. Yeah, well, I, and, and you can just look up, um, you know, Google um, my lo- local Democratic clubs, and, and you'll come up with a list. And, and I found the one here. Look, I live in the, the city of Coral Springs. Um, yes, I, Truman Town in the chat room says, old people? Nicole, we are not spring chickens. I know. I'm old. I, I don't think of myself as old. Um, well, we don't think of ourselves as old. <laughs> Same with me. I'm 70, and I still think of the old people. Right, exactly. I'm 58, and I still think of the old people. Um, uh, but it, it, so bring some young people with you. I mean, I should bring my kid with me, not, not that she'd go. But but um, th- this is what we need to do is get people of all ages should be involved is what I'm very clumsily trying to say. Um, the young at heart um, uh, need, to, need to get involved. So there's that. I, I know the, the one here, and I live in the town of Coral Springs, and I think it's the Coral Springs Parkland Democratic Club. They The two cities are, are together. Um, <clears throat> And I think their meeting is Friday. I have to look it up again, but I'm going to go. Take some friends. Yeah. If I had any. <laughs> Take your daughter. Yes, I, I'm going to try to bring my daughter. That's, uh, that's the best idea of all. Um, because the, the younger we get them involved, the better. Um, she's 19. She's not quite uh, uh, enlightened yet. I, I did get her registered to vote, and she's registered, um, and she gets an absentee ballot, so I can make sure she fills it out the right way. Um, but does um, she have any role in politics? Does she have any what interest in politics? Interest in politics. Yeah, she, she more than she used to. I guess I should put it that way. She used to, you know, didn't want to hear about it at all. You know, during the presidential uh, election, she got she got a little interested in Bernie. She knew I was very much into Bernie, and and she, you know, now she asks questions. So there's a little bit of interest there, not not enough. But she knows that Trump is evil and that her future is at stake. Look, the other day I had to say to her, um, you know, when when you get in a relationship again. Um, make sure you get on birth control because, um, you know, uh, because it looks like abortion is not going to be an option in your lifetime. Um, I mean, I had to have this talk with her. When I was her age, uh, you know, in the 70s, I was a teenager. Um, it, It was an option for me. Luckily, I never had to avail myself of it, but it was there. It looks like it may not be there for her. And so um, things like that, I think, hopefully will get her involved. Good. Yeah. 
All right, Howie Klein, we are out of time. Thank you, as always. I will post a link to your um, uh, post at downwithtyranny.com about uh, nose-holding time and, uh, and uh, of course, to the Blue America page as well. Thank you so much, Howie. It's always great talking to you. Thanks. I'll see you next week. Okay, bye-bye. All right, and with that, we come to the end of another program. Um, I made it through with... with uh, Virtually no tears today. Amazing. Tomorrow, Will Bunch will be here. We had to reschedule from last week, um, but Will Bunch will be here. We're going to talk about a lot of things from civility to this Occupy uh, encampment, Occupy Ice in Philadelphia. Will Bunch is based in Philly and a whole bunch more. Um, Thank you guys for bearing with me. Uh, You know, I'm going through some tough times and um, you guys have been great. Here come the tears again. I get emotional. It's it's that it's that kind of a world we're living in, but we're in it together and we can make it better. We really can. All right. Thank you for listening. I will see you tomorrow right here at NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network.